Good evening, family. It's such an honor for me to be able to um, share from God's Word tonight. And um, as we look into the scriptures of what, it's, what it means to sp- in one of the most, probably one of the most important foundations of our Christian faith. So um, for the next two weeks, we want to take time and just look into and, and discover and uh, together as a family... F- Look into the scriptures to, to see what does the Bible say about some of the foundations of our faith. Um, but it's also one of those foundations that probably gets the most heat, most controversy, um, the most debate. Um, and as a youth leader t- tonight, I can testify just of saying that when it comes to this specific foundation, um, you always get rip, um, pushback. When it comes to baptism, um, especially water baptism and, and baptism in the Holy Spirit, when you go to schools, they say that this, these, you can speak about all the Christian topics, but please stay away from these two specific topics. So tonight, it's really important for us and as a leadership and, and the eldership, eldership just felt for us to speak into these foundations of water baptism and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, because we've noticed that there's been a few new faces around, um, sitting in the morning service and the evening service, and we would like to just take time to discover together as a family and bring unity and understanding in this specific topic. Um, So tonight I'm going to be sharing on the Christian foundation of water baptism. And um, next week we will look into the foundation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I truly hope that as I share... um, and I, and I pray that the scriptures will be the, the, that which brings you conviction. And I pray that as I share tonight, we would be in unity when it comes to these specific foundations. So I believe that what we believe as a church actually really matters. What we believe and what we believe about water baptism really matters because the way that we think and the way that we believe and the way that we understand water baptism will ultimately be reproduced in others' lives as we walk with them and disciple them. In fact, all of the foundations, any foundation that we speak about and, that we, um, and what we believe about these foundations will ultimately be reproduced in those that we walk with and those that we disciple. So it's really important for us as a church to be unified around this idea of what it means to be water baptized. Because if we don't have the right understanding about baptism, one of two things will happen. We will either overemphasize water baptism and the foundation of water baptism, that it means it is a way of being saved, meaning you are water baptized, and because you are water baptized, that means you have entrance into heaven and you are in relationship with Jesus. The other thing that might happen is um, we, we sometimes, we would dilute water baptism. We would dilute these foundations um, and bring it ba- down to an, just a normal Christian act that we do. Just a normal something that happens because that is what Christians do, right? It's part of our culture. It's part of what we do. But I truly believe that, and I hope that tonight, as we look into the scriptures, um, that you would see how 
water baptism is being um, underlined, highlighted, and whatever needs to happen because water baptism is such a foundation of what we believe as Christians. So many of us have probably been baptized in water before, right? Many of us have been convicted by the scriptures. Um, and tonight, as we speak about water baptism, I want to ask you this question. The, from the moment that you heard these scriptures and you were baptized in water, is your conviction still the same? And do you base your conviction of water baptism on scripture or what you've heard from people or what you've heard from church? So tonight we're going to take um, just a deeper look into the, into the foundation of water baptism. So can we close our eyes as we, as before I'm going to read Scripture? Father, I thank you that tonight you are here with us and that you will make your Scriptures come to life. Father, I thank you that it is the foundation that you put in place, that you led by example, and that you showed us how to do it. And tonight I pray, Father, that you would open up our hearts and that we would open up our hearts, Lord, to be convicted again just of how important it is to live in obedience and submission under you. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so you can open up your Bibles with me. We're going to read um, from the main, my main scripture this evening is Acts 2, verse 37 and 38. As you open up your Bibles, um, I will start reading. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So to just give you some background, obviously the scripture um, and the whole book of Acts was written by Luke in such a way that it was written as a narrative, in a narrative form. Meaning it's stories of things that happened because, the, because of the convictions and what Jesus showed all the disciples to do, and they went and they did it. In this specific scripture, what happened before this passage is Jesus ascended into heaven, and after a while, the disciples was waiting in Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit was poured out onto them. And in that moment, they started speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit led them. And what happened was the people specifically the Jews that were standing around in Jerusalem and waiting um, for, to, to not be confused, to hear an explanation of what is happening, came to Peter and said, what's going on? Why are you guys standing around um, speaking in other languages? And why, especially, why are you speaking in languages that we can understand that we know that you don't know? Because that's what the Holy Spirit did in that moment. They gave um, the disciples an utterance of language that they didn't have before. For example, if you are English and you've, you've grown up in English um, and you only know English and all of a sudden you start speaking Afrikaans, I'm going to think it's a bit weird. 
And in this moment, they start speaking in, in a different language that the, the Jews in that area started understanding. And for Peter to explain this confusion, he went and he explained the gospel um, from the Old Testament right through to the New Testament, and he convicts the Jews standing in this area and, and for them to understand the goodness of God. And, th and then it says in verse 37, Now they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. And then Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. So I don't know if you looked at the scripture the same that I did, but I asked myself the question, right? When we share the gospel with someone um, and, we, and they respond positively to us, we would do a salvation prayer and be, kind of be like, yes, you know, they're saved. But Peter's response in this moment was, repent and be baptized. Repent and show your salvation and your new unity with Christ through being baptized in water. And then you will, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that made me think about why. Why would Peter respond with baptism and place emphasis on baptism after salvation? So for this, I did a bit of studying and went into the history of baptism. So there's two New Testament accounts um, that was written by Peter and by Paul that gives us insight into just the history of water baptism from the Old Testament into the New Testament. So, as a foundation, what we see in these Old Testament accounts is that water was a symbol of death, cleansing of sin, and the new life or the new covenant that we see from the Old Testament. So, in 1 Peter 3, verse 20 and 21, it says, Because they formerly did not obey... When God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to, the, to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what Peter was referring to in the scripture was the flood that happened um, in the time of Noah when he built the ark. Um, because if you go read in, in Genesis 6, it says the people's hearts were so corrupted and they were so far from God that he felt he needed to wipe them out. But he found a faithful and a righteous man in Noah, and he said to Noah, build the ark, and a flood of water came. You can go read in, in Genesis 6, but I want to highlight these scriptures. In verse 17, it says, For behold... I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And what we see in this moment is how God uses water for the wiping out of sin, for the death of all flesh. And he then gives a new covenant to his people. The second account that we see um, that is written about in Scripture from the Old Testament was where water was used to cleanse God's people as they literally went 
through water for the promised land that is waiting on the other side. And we read this in 1 Corinthians 10, where Paul writes, For I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And what Paul was referring to in this moment was obviously the Israelites crossing through the Red Sea to get to the other side because they were going and, and moving away from the slavery and the oppression from the Egyptians. And we know the story where the Egyptians followed them, pursued them, wanted to get them back. And the scripture says that God hardened the hearts of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And as the Israelites went through the water, the promised land was, was where they went to. And this new life, this new covenant that God had with His people through Moses, leading them through the water, was where they went to. But obviously the Egyptians, because of their hardened hearts, were wiped out in that moment. And these two Old Testament accounts are just a, a, a foundation of where water baptism came from. Because then, if we skip through and we go to the New Testament, we see in Matthew 3, verse 15, we see Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist. Matthew 3, verse 15 says, But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for this, thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. So it's very important for us to understand that also Jesus didn't have to be baptized because there was no forgiveness of sins because he, was living the, he lived the perfect life. But he still got baptized as an example and to honor the Father to fulfill all righteousness. And then Jesus comes and changes the whole new covenant that God makes with his people through, his, through the cross. As he died, he was buried. Three days later, he was raised from the dead. And then he gives this final instruction to his, to his disciples in saying, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And just to summarize all these accounts into one, what we see is just the emphasis that is placed from Jesus on baptism. And then because Paul and Peter also writes about it, we can truly see that it's a Christian foundation that once we think or when, once we get baptized, it's an association with the death, the resurrection, and the life of Christ and the new covenant and the newness of life that we receive once we put our faith in Jesus. Water baptism is the external show of external sign of a new internal unity and relationship that we have with Christ. So that is why Peter responded in this way. Because Peter had the value of baptism understood from the Old Testament right through in seeing the example of Jesus and then teaching it as an instruction to others. So let's look 
at Peter's response. And I just want to break these, these, his words down as a response into three different elements of what is important as a part of water baptism. So number one, repent. Repent. In Acts 2, we read that the Jews were cut to the heart, meaning they had a change of heart for them to accept that this person that they led to persecution and ultimately death actually is the Messiah, actually is the person that they've been waiting for, and they missed it. And they had to repent of the sins and their own pride. But what we need to understand is, as Paul commands this to the people, he says, repent. And we know that repentance is a turning away from sin. But in the same way, when we turn, we are also turning towards something else. It is not turning away from sin and then turning towards a new culture. It's not turning away from sin and then we turn towards something else that just fills the space that that sin originally did. When we turn away from sin, we turn away from the, our old ways. We turn away from our old perspectives. We turn away from our old values. We turn away from all the old and we embrace the new in Christ. New ways of thinking because of what He did for me. New ways of new values because of what He did for me and the way that He loves. And therefore, I love the same. This newness of life means because I've repented, I've turned away and I'm embracing the new. Water baptism reflects this. Water baptism re reflects this repentance of heart, this change of heart. And then what we see in Romans 6, Paul writes in verse 3, Do you not know that all of this, all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? We were buried, therefore we have been with Him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might walk in the newness of life. This repentance that Paul called the Israelites to, the Jews to, was more than just a sorry. It was more than just a, we're sorry for what we did. He called them to a completely new life, to be walking in the newness of life that Christ has for us. The second word that he then says, repent and be baptized. So the original word, in Greek, baptisma means to dip or immerse. To dip or immerse. And now these scriptures is the example of what we see from baptism. Matthew 3 verse 16 says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him. Acts 8 verse 38 says, And he commanded the chariot to stop. This is the eunuch. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So when we think about the, the physical act of baptism, as Peter commanded them to be baptized, I'm assuming that logically it makes sense 
that if Jesus had to come up from the water, he had to also go down into the water, right? Logical conclusion is kind of the inverse. So Jesus went down into the water, and as the original word said, he was baptized, he was fully immersed in the water, thereby laying down the old self. Well, that is what it means for us. And then as he came up from the water, God's approval just because of his act of righteousness, to fulfill righteousness. God's approval was on Jesus in that moment as we read the scriptures. Similarly, in, in Acts 8, we see the eunuch went down into the water as he understood the gospel of Jesus Christ that was preached to him by Philip. Baptism is then the external sign of the identification with Christ's death, going down into the, gra- well, into the water, and then coming up, fully believing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ being the Son of God. So we can't obviously physically die, right? Yes? We can't physically die, go into the grave, and then come up three days later. Water baptism is the symbol of what Jesus did for us through us going into water and coming up out of the water. Amen? The last thing that he said is every one of you, every one of you, when you go look at the sermon of of Peter as he was preaching in Acts 2, there's a lot of times that he refers to you, you, you. And what he was saying in his sermon was, You as the Jewish nation, you as a nation, you as a people. This is what you did. Not necessarily specifically pointing out a specific person. But after they came to him and said, what should we do next? Peter understood that repentance and baptism is a personal invitation to make a personal decision. He said, every one of you, meaning singular, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in a singular form. Because baptism is a personal decision, not a corporate decision. We cannot allow others to make this decision for us to be baptized. It is not a decision that our parents make. It's not a decision that a church makes for us. It's a personal decision that we need to make to be baptized in water. But also knowing that the gospel is for everyone. It's not just for a singular person or was not just for the Jewish nation. We would assume that repentance and putting our faith in Jesus Christ and accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ is also for everyone. And we see this in Acts 10, verse 44, where it says, While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even onto the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withheld water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And the scripture, the context of the scripture is Peter Um, had this dream of unclean animals um, just before he got called to go to the house of Cornelius 
which was a Roman centurion. And as he went to the Roman centurion, um, in, in his house, started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they were convicted and they wanted to accept. But what confused and what perplexed Peter was the fact that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was poured out not just on Jews, but onto the Gentiles. And in this moment, the dream that he had came to life, knowing that what they usually called unclean, God has now made clean. And they are also welcome to receive the baptism through water if they put their faith in Jesus Christ. And this is what we can take from Peter's response. Repent, be baptized, every one of you. That baptism is foundational to our faith. Because it is the external act that signifies the internal reality and unity with Christ. So I want to leave you with this question. What is your belief about water baptism? Is it foundational? Or is it just another thing we do as Christians? Is water baptism foundational to your Christianity? Because what you believe about baptism will be the way that you lead others into the foundation of of being water baptized. God calls us to obey Him through surrendering our lives unto Him and accepting Him as our Lord and Savior. And we can clearly see from Scripture that water baptism was something that He commanded us to do. And if He commanded us to do, He's calling us to obey Him. So how do we obey Him through, through baptism? First, we, we obey and we follow in His example. Matthew 3, verse 15 and 16 is the story, once again, of His own baptism. But Jesus answered, Let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for all of us, for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then He consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. We follow in the example of Jesus living a righteous life before God. We follow in, in Jesus' example, not because he was a sinner and that he had to be baptized, but because we now identify with the example of him and as He calls us to live holy, now we can also live holy. The second way that we can obey this command of, of water baptism is through the instruction of going, making disciples, not just leading people onto salvation, which is great, but also instructing others to be baptized as it says in Matthew 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Because this is a command from God, we should take it serious. Because it is something that has been showed throughout the ages from the Old Testament into the New Testament, it is something that God has not just instructed us, but He's calling us to call others 
as they repent, as they change their hearts, as they are convicted about what Jesus has done on the cross for you and for me, we should also call them to be baptized and to, through the symbol of water baptism, be cleansed of sins and to do away with the old and embrace the new that that we receive in Jesus Christ. Many of us, like I said in the beginning, many of us have been baptized in water. Many of us have have done the act of of identifying with Christ's death and, and resurrection. But I want to be so bold tonight to say that water baptism, although it is a once-off event, although it, it is a symbol of the justification we receive in Jesus, I want to be so bold tonight to say that water baptism is also a lifestyle of repenting, doing away with the old, and embracing the newness of, of life that we receive in Jesus Christ. As much as it is, like I said, an act of our repentance, and embracing the new life with Jesus. It is an everyday repenting, an everyday taking up the cross and following Jesus through His example and His instruction. For those of you who have not been baptized yet in water, I hope that through the Scriptures and not necessarily my sermon, But through the scriptures, you are convicted about water baptism and that it is foundational to our belief as Christians. And I want to welcome you that you would come and speak to one of the leaders or speak to your community group leader after the service um, if you want to be baptized. And I truly hope that tonight you would see how important water baptism is to God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that in this moment you are speaking to every heart just in terms of where we are, in terms of your death and resurrection, and if it still means the same that it did from day one. Lord, I thank you that as we spoke about water baptism, Father, that we would be convicted about what it meant for us from the beginning (coughs) and that it would also be a daily thing of being in righteousness with you, Lord. Father, I pray that those of us who were cut to the heart and just realized again what it means to give over to you, Lord, that we would fully surrender unto you tonight again as the act of water baptism is a full immersion into water. I pray that we would fully surrender unto you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you are the one that convicts. And I pray, Father, that if there's anyone that would like to be water baptized, Father, that they would not delay but that this conviction would lead them into action and obedience. And for the rest of us, Father, I pray that we would be serious about this instruction to walk and to disciple people onto baptism as it reflects the new unity 
that we have in Christ. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.